it's kind of funny. I get, I, I get to the point with some of these messages, and I think, this is what I'm going to do. And maybe way, way months ahead of time. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And then, not always, but sometimes I get closer. I'm like, ah, that didn't feel right to me. And, I, and so I was struggling with this particular theme of, of being engaged and, and growing and so forth. And, and so I said something to, to Clay and, and Steve. They happened to be together. We were on, I was on the phone with them, and they happened to be together. And I just said, ah, I'm having really struggling with what I was going to do on this particular Sunday. And Clay and Steve talked for about, you know, I could hear them talking. And they both came back, this is your, this is your baby. This is your verse. This is your verse. And, and I'm, I'm like, really? I knew exactly what he meant. Because one of the things that I, one of, the, my, one of my life verses, and I've had different life verses throughout different seasons of my life, uh, Genesis 50, 20, John 3, 16, Deuteronomy 29, 29, John 10, 10, different verses that I just sort of been characterized my life at that particular time. But this is the one that has been for the last 10 years, which is Matthew 22, 36 through 40, and I'll show you what that is in just a second. Because the reason he said that is because oftentimes what will happen, uh, when we have our staff meeting, I, I try to give a little devotional at the end of it, and, and um, oftentimes if I haven't prepared anything, I'll just say, hey, Love God and love people. Let's go. Which really says it all. And that's exactly what this particular verse or these verses say. So I'm going to show you that in just a second. But before I do, let me, uh, let me just kind of go through three real quick things. I did this last week, different wording. But just so you understand, we're talking about this mission. Really just the mission of who we are. And we talked about being explorers last week. Exploring and looking and seeking and so forth. Today we're talking about being engaged or growing uh, Growing deeper, you know, being engaged and, and so forth. So let me make a couple statements about that. Our role, our role as a church is to provide opportunities for you to get more engaged, uh, that your faith would become stronger and more complete, and you would become more equipped for life and all that it brings. That's, that's our role. That's what we try to do, whether it be on Sunday morning or whether it be in some of the different groups that we have and, or even just getting together, you know, um, your role, that's our role, your role is really to capitalize on those opportunities and, and divide others to jump on that journey with you. That's your role. The challenge, and it is a challenge, I realize, the challenge is to strive to stay hungry, to not get lazy. It's easy to get lazy sometimes. Uh, you know, to continue to seek and, and, to, and, and continue to think through uh, your beliefs, with a goal of becoming deeper and more grounded in your faith. And that's sometimes hard. It's easy to get lazy and sort of get, you know, the inertia takes over and you sort of get, you know, oh, okay. You know, and, and your role is to, is to, is to stay hungry. For, that's all of our, that's my role. Stay hungry. Don't just rest on what you think you know. Think, continue to think through. Continue to read. Continue to become uh, engaged in, in, in different ways and so forth. In fact, uh, the Italian writer... Giovanni, I love saying his name, Giovanni Boccaccio, 1300s, for the Italians here, I apologize, but I probably didn't say it just right, Boccaccio, can we put his name up there without putting the quote up there, I don't know if we can do that or not, uh, we can't, um, he, I, think his, I think he created bocce ball, that's what I think, but anyway, um, here's what he said, you must read, you must persevere, you must sit up nights. You must inquire and exert the utmost power of your mind. If one way does not lead to the, to the desired meeting, take on another. If obstacles arise, then still another. Until if your strength holds out, you will find that clear which at first looked dark. I don't know the context that he made, made that in, but it sure fits for us. 
Because sometimes that's what it takes, just reading and, and, and persevering and, 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 and sitting up nights sometimes, inquiring. You know, and and that's, that's what we're talking about here. Staying hungry. Staying fo- I, I, I want to be engaged. I want to grow in my faith. And, you say, and you, some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, I don't have that much faith. That's fine. Wherever you are, this is part of the deal here. So with that in mind, let me introduce you to this passage. It's not going to be a new one to you, probably especially if you've come here very many times. But it's Jesus' words in Matthew 22, and to me it says it all when we talk about being engaged or we talk about growing, and I'll show you what I mean. Matthew 22, 36. Teacher, somebody asked the Lord, which is, this is a guy that's trying to trick him up, really. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the prophets, excuse me, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commands. Love God, love people. It's really that simple. And yet, this is, this, this is the words of Christ. What's the most important things in life? What's the most important things about your faith? Love God and grow in that love. Love people and grow in that love. You know, and that's really what I want to talk about. Because when we start talking about, how, you know, what does that mean? How do I know? Uh, that's really the question. How do I know if my love for God is growing, becoming more engaged, be having more depth to it? How do I know that? I mean, is it like... An old friend of mine many years ago used to think every time some new Jesus t-shirt came out, he'd have to get it. That was kind of his way of saying, hey, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. Well, is that what I need to grow? Is it it listening to Christian music? We we, we provided you an opportunity with concert last week, which was amazing. Is is that what I need? It it, it might be a tool. Unfortunately, it's not going to be enough. Um, maybe, Maybe it's having more apps on my iPhone. You know what I'm talking about, do you? That's because some of you are unenlightened because you have the less desired BlackBerry. But yesterday, yesterday, uh, Dave, the guy that screws up the sound here a little bit ago, um, he, he, he's, he's a good friend. He and I were here. I had something going on, and he had something going on. And I said, hey, let's get a bowl of soup downstairs. It's a nasty day like it is today. So we went downstairs, and Winberry's had a bowl of soup. And, and he's great to be with. Because I said, what new apps you got in your iPhone? And, you know, and he's young and smart and all that. So we're sitting here, and I'm looking at the different apps he has. And, and then I said, let's do this. Let's see what kind of Jesus apps we have. So we started searching Jesus apps, okay? And uh, so here are some of the Jesus apps you could have for your iPhone. I assume for Blackberries, if they do those, these things, I don't know. Um, these are real apps. Know Jesus. Call on Jesus. The Jesus app. Jesus loves me app. Jesus is the answer. Jesus calling. I almost got that one. Mobile Jesus. I talk to God. I Jesus. Uh, these were just a few. I mean, it went on for pages. More, and, and I have a confession to make. I've I gone through these yesterday. After I left them yesterday afternoon, I went back to my office and I was going through them just for illustration purposes to use this. I ended up buying one. <laughs> I, did. I ended up buying one because it had something. I thought, oh, this looks good. I'm going to get this. But uh, anyway, is that what I need? Obviously, you know, I'm being tongue-in-cheek here. Um, what do I need to do? I'm gonna, I'm, there are many things. I'm going to boil it down to three things, um, general categories, and you can go from there. I know my love 
for God, for Christ, is growing by what I'm reading. I have a friend, we don't talk that often, but every time we do, one of his first questions, what are you reading? Um, I know my love for God is, is growing by what I'm reading. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to read novels or anything, but one of the things that needs to be, and you know what, you know what I'm going to say, one of the things that needs to be at the top of the list is the Bible. Just very simply, it, the Bible and books about the Bible and other books. We have book studies and books in the back, and you can get a lot. There's lots of places you can get books that are relevant to your faith, and um, sometimes they can help in all of that. So, so it has to do with you know knowing Christ, knowing God better. Let me show you what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah says, Jeremiah chapter nine. <clears throat> this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates, look at this, unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. I love that part. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hey, you want to boast about something? Boast about how much you know God. Obviously, I'm being, you don't want to go around telling people how much you know about God, obviously. But the point here that he's making is one of the things that, that needs to happen in my life, if I'm going to become engaged, if I'm going to grow in my faith, is I need to learn more of who God is and how he works and what he can do and, and how he works in my life. And I do that through the Bible and, and other means and other measures. Certainly talking to folks sometimes. We saw that uh, in the video earlier. It has to do with reading. So how are you doing with the reading thing? What are you reading? It's not that hard, really, when you think about it. You say, well, I'm too busy. There's not, there's not a, an iPhone or a Blackberry or whatever you have around that you can't get some kind of Bible uh, things on that you can read on the train or whatever you, whatever you need to do on that. But you need to be doing that. I mean, there's just benefits that's, that's immeasurable. Can't even begin to tell you. So that's one of the first things we talk about. How, my, how do I know my love for God is growing? What are you reading? Second thing, <clears throat> what's my behavior? Let's talk about behavior. Now, I'm notorious for saying things like, love God, make sure your heart's right, and do whatever you want to do. And, and, and I, I, that's true, but I want to just kind of step back from that statement a little bit because that's really not true all the time either. If my behavior is not being affected by my relationship with Christ, there's an issue here. There are some things that I'm going to do. There are some things that I'm not going to do. When I have an understanding of who God is, how much He loves me, and, 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 and most uh, my desire to please Him. It's not a guilt thing. It's just my desire. I, I, you know, I know God loves me, and I know that He sent His Son Jesus to die for me and forgive me for my sins. And I'm a very fallen person, a very flawed individual, but I still have that basic desire to, to, to please Him because of his love for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's much like, greater, but much like those of us who are married with, with, with our spouses. We were, we were uh, Charlene and I had uh, just a real quick little three-day getaway this week for our, for our anniversary, 38th anniversary, and um, we went to um, Newport, Rhode Island. First time I'd ever been. It was just amazing. I loved it. It was just terrific. But coming back right on the way, almost, was uh, this huge place, Mohegan Sun. Have you ever heard of it? It's a big casino. Somebody told me earlier, that's not on the way. And I'm like, well, sort of, kind of. 
I wanted to see it, and, and, they, and we were looking for lunch, and so they have all these great, I mean, great restaurants, just tons of them, and I couldn't believe the place. So anyways, we're leaving, we had lunch, we were leaving, we are going, and we really hadn't done any, no, no gambling or anything, and I'm walking by, I said, oh, let's do a, let's do a little, just do a little thing, Charlene, she says, and she's, she's like, she doesn't like it at all, and I'm like, oh, let's just do a little, 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 little uh, roulette here. I'm, you know, I hang around all these smart finance guys, I can do roulette, man, I mean, I got, I got numbers down now, and... Um, she said, okay. So I put $20 down, and she, I said, just tell me where I put $2 on. She started naming numbers. I didn't know this at the time, but she was giving our kids birthdays and our grandkids birthdays, and, and their, their, our in-laws, you know, my, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law's birthday, and, and all of them. And so I, when I'm hit, you know, and I got, it was $2, and I think I got whatever I got out of it, 50 or 60 or 70, and then I did it again, and I lost a little bit, and then I did it again. She did, I did the same thing she told me to do again. I put all the numbers down that she told me. And this time, I, I really did hit it, and, I hit, and they started, he started giving me a whole bunch of chips. And uh, Charlene says, how much are those worth? And the guy said, they're worth it like a dollar each. And I, there's a ton of them in front of me, about 100 of them. And um, I said, really? And she said, really? I said, yeah. She said, let's go. I said, no. <laughs> she said, let's go now. Pick them up. Cash them in. Let's go. We got to go. I said, honey. I said, look, we could pay. She says, that's the trouble right there. No, let's go right there. So you'll be glad. I picked them up, went and cashed them in, and like a good husband who loves his wife, right? Why did I do that? Well, for, for a number of reasons, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but one of them being because I love her, and my behavior is affected by the fact that she loves me. I know she loves me. And, and it changes sometimes what I might do otherwise. You know, I, otherwise I might have just stayed there, lost everything. You know, who knows? Um, magnify that about 100 times. And sometimes we do things. Let me rephrase that. Often we need to do things because God will be pleased by that behavior. Not because I feel guilty, not because the church tells me to do it, not because Rich tells me to do it, but because God says, God, and the Bible's clear, and God is pleased, and I desire to please Him because I love Him. It, it, he affects our behavior. So that's, that's an important issue. It's out of love, it's not out of guilt. Please don't, 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 don't misunderstand that, because I don't want you walking out here thinking, well, I feel guilty if I do this or that. God, your behavior is affected by your love for Christ. And hopefully, as that deepens and as that grows, that behavior will become more grounded as well. Third thing that I would mention, not only what are you reading and not only your behavior, but obviously this third thing is attached, your, 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 your attitude. Your attitude. We care about what God thinks about my attitudes. It's not, it's not enough. It's not enough to just always do the right thing. There's a blessing in that. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying, well, if you can't do it with the right attitude, don't do it at all. I'm not saying that. You should do, do what's right, even if your attitude's not there. But, you know, one of the things that can happen if you're growing in your relationship with Christ, with God, is that there's going to be, there's going to be a, a different attitude, different, different, different motivations, different mode for operating. Um, Matthew, uh, Matthew, Jesus in Matthew says this, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be satisfied. There needs to be a hunger and thirst for, for right living, the right way, for the right reasons. That needs to happen. So that's the first thing we talk about. We talk about how do I know my love for God is growing. It's going to, it's going to be reflected 
in what I'm reading and how I behave and in my attitudes. The second thing, how do I know my love for people is growing? What does Jesus mean when he says the second is equally important? Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on those two commands. How do I know my love for people? I mean, that's a good question. How do I know my love for people is growing? I mean, do I cuss less when I drive? Is that, maybe, that might be one. That'd be a good, good one. Um, do I smilingly wave at the guy that, that, that cuts me off in traffic? Does that, does that help? Does that show I'm love for people? You know, hey, hey, thank you for cutting me off. All five fingers, hey, yeah, you know. You know? <laughs> uh, um, is that, does that show my love? It might. It really might. I've been do- Actually, I have been doing that. But I, I, not because I'm so godly, just because it's been kind of, it's kind of fun. Uh, I just kind of mess with people a little bit. They cut you off, you just go, hi. It's just kind of fun to watch their reaction, you know, because they, they give you a scowl and you go, hi. Hey, you know, okay. Anyway, um, is, that, is that part of the deal? You know, that may be part of it, but that's, that's not going to, you know, do I, do I what, what is it exactly? Um, I, I got to, again, down to three things, and, and these aren't going to cover it all, but I hope it'll, it'll help. Um, one is just genuine empathy. You hurt, you hurt when you see misfortune to others, whether you know them or not. It just hurts. It just bothers you. You hate to see that. Uh, it, that's one of the ways I can know. And, and, and I'm going to go a step further with that one. I'm going to take one and two here together because they go together. Um, not just genuine empathy, but the, the sting is gone. Now, here's what I mean by the sting is gone. That is, you don't seethe with jealousy when you see someone you don't like succeed. Nor do you rejoice in their failure either. Not, not if your love for people is really growing, getting more engaged. Um, I have a good friend, and he might be here. So if you are, forgive me, but um, he, he won't care. Um, that did this a couple of years ago. We were playing golf, and we, I remember the day. We were, I mean, we were playing golf, and um, it was the day that all the stuff came down about Elliot Spitzer and his, his uh, issues. And we, he would, we were at the turn, and my friend had checked his Blackberry, and he was like, oh, my gosh, look at that. Oh, and he's just like, ha, 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 and just laughing. and just. I mean, I thought the guy was going to do a freaking dance, you know, because um, of oh, Elliot Spitzer. I'm like... Dude, I know him pretty well. I said, dude, I said, I don't know what Elliot Spitzer did to you, but this really isn't something to get all happy about. He said, you don't know what he's done to my friends. I said, that may be. But we don't sit here and rejoice at the brokenness and the failures of another. I said, that just, that just doesn't feel right to me. I said, let alone, no, that's not right because the Bible teaches it. And we, we actually had, were able to have a, a decent conversation about it. But there's a great example of, and we've all experienced that, where somebody we don't like, maybe we know them, maybe they're a celebrity, maybe we don't know them. Um, the ones that are the hardest sometimes are the ones that we know and maybe have screwed us over somewhere down the road or something. And we see their failure and, ah, yeah. When we, we know we're doing better, when we can look at that situation and just say, God bless them. Help them. Because, you see, loving people is seeing them the way God sees them. And, and, and I think that's going to keep us from either bitterness and jealousy, or at, 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 at jealousy over success or bitterness and, and, and joy over their failure and so forth. Um, that's, just, uh, that's just what happens when, we, when God works in a person's life. 
people that I don't care for, people that I know, people that I know are scoundrels. And I still say, God help them. The genuine empathy. The sting is gone. And the third thing is this, what I call this, we know our love for people is growing. We know we're viewing people the way God views people when we have this new default mode. I call it a new default mode. And I'm going to show you what that default mode is. It's, it, it, it has to do with the fact that inconvenience rarely occurs to me when I help others. It, it has to do with the fact that, that my, my new mode of, operandi, of operating has to do with compassion and love, not judgment. Most churches need to hear that message, don't they? Um, compassion and love and not judgment. Let me show you this passage. It's, again, Jesus' words in Matthew 25. Apologies to the moms groups, ladies. I understand you did this passage too, but that's okay. Maybe God had it in mind for you to do this twice today, uh, this weekend. Uh, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, all the angels with Him that will be seat, sit upon His glorious throne, all the nations will be gathered in His presence. He will separate the people as, shepherd, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand, the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you from the creation of the world. Watch this right here. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. The righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When, when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? This had become such a lifestyle to these people, they didn't know they did it. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the, one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Please don't make that a class thing. That may be a poor person. That might be somebody who's got more money than God, so to speak. I mean, somebody that's needy. I've seen this lived out so many times. I remember a time when I I was in the church in Vail, where I I was. If you don't know me, I was there for about 16, 18 years as a pastor. And I remember, remember vividly a couple times where I just, you know, the planets were aligned just right, and I you know, did the right thing. I don't, I don't always, but I did a couple times, and just reached out to some guys that were just really, uh, basically, if you could say it figuratively, thirsty and hungry and, and naked and sick and the whole other thing. And I would remember later on them telling me how, how, how much that meant to them. These guys weren't, these guys, got, you know, a couple of them ended up building the church. I didn't know that at the time, but it was like, don't put classes in here. It could be anybody. Could be anybody. Could be the person sitting next to you. Could be the person living next to you, across the street from you, working across the across the uh, aisle from you, across the hall from you. Could be anybody. It, but here's the point: when we're growing in our relationship with with Christ, that that love that we have for people grows, and we begin to see people as God sees them, and and that new mode of operation, that new that new default mode, as I call it, is one of compassion and love. And not judgment. And I'll tell you what, the world needs more people like that. And, and, and God knows that. You got it. Love God, love people. We know our love for God is growing. When, we, when, we, when, we, when we're reading the right things, 
when we're when we're behaving more like we should, when our attitude is more in line with what God would be pleased with than it was. And we know our love for people is growing when when we have that genuine empathy and that sting is gone and we have that default mode of compassion and love. And uh, as we grow, as we become more engaged, wherever we are on this, this journey of faith, as we become more engaged with that, may we see that and may God work that into our hearts. So I have a question for you. How you doing with that? How you doing with that? How you doing with that love God, love people thing? That's why Jesus came. To give us a unique ability. It doesn't come instantly. And sometimes you struggle with it. Sometimes you go three steps forward and it's two steps back. But that's why Jesus came. To give us a unique new ability. Not just to forgive us of our sins. That's part of it. Not just so we go to heaven. That's part of it. But also to give us a new way of living. A new love. Both for our creator God. And his creation people. And let's pray that God would... uh, take those truths and just kind of implant them into our heart and our mind. Let me pray for us. God, I, I, I thank you so much for at times the small progress I see in my life, and sometimes more than others. I thank you that each person here can probably reflect on some things like that in their life as well. And we thank you that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again to give us something very unique in an ability to, to have a love for our Creator and for His creation, people. We thank you for that. We pray, God, we would continue to be engaged with that process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, before I give a benediction or whatever we do, I need to do something we don't normally do. Um, and obviously, if we prayed, if we, we could pray every week for somebody, but these guys are up here every Sunday, Daniel and Julie. And some of you may know, but she's been pregnant with uh, twins for a while and uh, had early labor pains and had to go into the hospital this week. Uh, they had to have a C-section um, Friday, I think. And uh, the, the twins were just, just over a pound each. And the little girl, they lost a little girl. The little boy is, is uh, Joshua is his name, is... It's just hour to hour. I talked to, I talked to Daniel a little before 9 o'clock, and um, the little boy is okay right now, but it's uh, at least the last I heard. Um, so they need your prayers. And I told them, I said, please, please give everybody our love. They're doing great in terms of their attitude, as you can imagine, but obviously they're, very gr- they're grieving and, and, and holding on and praying a lot. So I'm going to take a minute here and pray for them. And this week, uh, today, especially when you think about them and, and throughout the week, uh, they would very much appreciate your prayers. They're not, they're not receiving guests yet. Uh, any visitors, obviously, you can, I think you can understand why, uh, because in the hospital and so forth. But um, they would very much appreciate your, your thoughts and prayers. And uh, I'm going to pray for them right now. So just join me as I do that. Uh, Lord, our Father, these are, these are, gosh, these are tough, tough things. And uh, these, two, these two people, speaking of loving you and loving people, there's nobody I know that does it more thoroughly than those two. But I especially pray for Daniel and Julie, and I pray for you, just a special measure of grace for them today. We pray for little Joshua. We, uh, we of course, God, pray for your will to be done there, but we do, we do pray for what would be a miracle in all likelihood for, for him to, 
to live and, and, and be healthy. But we do pray for that. We do ask for that. I pray for both Daniel and Julie's emotional and spiritual health and Julie's physical health. And I just pray, God, you would give them a special measure of grace and strength during these days and uh, that they would know uh, of our love for them and, of course, that they would continue to be reminded of your great love for them. So we pray for them, God, as we hold them up to you. And we pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen.